Okay, well, welcome back to the show, guys. You are listening to Deep Dive for Life, the show where we take a deep dive into scripture each week. And this week, we are talking about how people are basically evil, which is a bit of a hard concept to accept sometimes because culture likes to tell us that we're not. Culture likes to tell us that we are all basically good and all those serial killers and psychopaths are the exception to the rule. But in reality, we are all just evil people. I mean, there there is some good that comes out of it, but it's not our inherent nature to be good. It, it really is a, a difficult concept and, and kind of a complicated one because mm-hmm. we have been made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And there is goodness in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has written his law on each heart. Um, Christians have the Holy Spirit, God himself, uh, guiding them. Even when we don't make the right choices, we still have the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin. But but the goodness that is in us comes from God. Mm-hmm. We don't have any inherent goodness. Mm-hmm. By ourselves, we are totally depraved. I mean, we are completely lost and evil. And it's interesting because psychological studies and that kind of thing bear this out. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe. So you have classic experiments where they, they get a person to shock someone. The, the guy that they're shocking is actually yeah. mm-hmm. um, part of the experiment. They just don't know that. Mm-hmm. And they clearly explain, you know, if you shock them beyond this level, it will cause permanent damage. If you shock them beyond this level, it could kill them. Mm-hmm. Um but we want you to increase the voltage each time they tell a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And in that study, tons of people followed the instructions and you know would have shocked the person to death had mm-hmm. it been a real thing. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie The Box? I had. So basically, it's a similar scenario, but this strange being, I, lo- I used to love this movie. I haven't seen it in years, though. He would bring you a box with a button on it. Mm. And he would say, if you press this button, someone will die, Mm -hmm. but you will receive, I think it was like a million dollars. And I don't know if it was, if it's, there was some other rule behind it, like it was someone you didn't know or something like that would die. But in the movie, you could see that this person was really struggling with the thought because they were financially unstable at the time. And it's clear that they were targeted for this. Mm. Um, but it's just interesting because you see the struggle happening within them. Like, okay, well, I mean, we'd be set for life and it's someone who we don't know. So they're rationalizing it. And eventually they end up pressing the button and then the box moves on to the next person. But it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's interesting. It's not scientific by any means, I guess. Like there's no study behind it. But one thing I have noticed is people will do the right thing if they're being watched. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they'll do the right thing even if they're not being watched. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we will help kittens out of trees. We'll, we'll do good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, even people that don't believe in God will do good things. But most of the time there is some intrinsic reward mm-hmm. for us. Uh, we rarely, there are very few situations where we're, we're committing a completely selfless act. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, there's there's something that that is in it for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, there there's a selfish motivation 
hidden in almost all of our actions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's always interesting to me whenever you're riding, you're driving down a road, and suddenly you see everyone start turning on their brake lights. What does that usually tell you? There, there's a cop somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's kind of this thing where people will do the right thing, again, if they're being watched. Right. It, it's kind of, and a lot of people have this theory about God, mm-hmm. about who God is. Like he's this interstellar policeman. Right. And he's going right. to... Right. He's basically there to tell you what you're doing wrong. Rules and wrongs. Yeah. Killjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There used to be a, a commercial that would come before uh, videotapes, um, DVDs, that kind of thing, that would, it was trying to keep people from copying these things illegally mm-hmm. or pirating yeah. them somehow. And it would say, you wouldn't steal a car, would you? Well, what you're doing if you copy movies is theft and, you know, theft is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, if it was as easy to copy, if it was easy as easy to steal a car as it is to copy a video, mm-hmm. people would be stealing cars all the time. Yeah. So back to the point, we we typically don't do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, that that's that seems to be our nature, our default position. Mm-hmm. So you have verses in Scripture. Isaiah says that all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all gone astray. We've all turned to our own way. Um, there's no one that's righteous, not even one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Scripture clearly will say that we make the wrong choices, and those wrong choices lead to horrible consequences. Mm-hmm. So do you think that this idea of humans being good is a new thing? Do you, do you think that this came around? Like, is it, is it, was there some sort of culture change that's bringing us into this? Oh. Like, why, why is it such a big idea now that... People are inherently good. Yeah, that's a tough question. I'm not sure I know the answer to it. Mm. As we say a lot on this show, human nature hasn't changed. No. So has our understanding of what is good changed? Oh, well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that part. Um, you know, Adam and Eve, the, the sin in the Garden of Eden was that they redefined good and evil for themselves. Mm-hmm. Rather than trusting God, rather than loving God, rather than obeying God, they decided for themselves what would be good and what would be evil, and they ate from the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we've been doing ever since. So our culture is constantly redefining what's good and what's evil. And boy, in the last year or two, we see tons of examples of that, things mm-hmm. that were acceptable or no longer acceptable, cartoon characters that were acceptable or no longer acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, the, we're constantly redefining what's good and what's evil and and the standards that we're using may or may not have any influence in actual morality. Um, they okay. seem to be the waves of popular culture. Mm-hmm. And so um, Scripture uses a phrase that we get blown back and forth by every wave of doctrine. That mm-hmm. seems to be our culture right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you, you talked about cartoon characters no longer being, some cartoon characters kind of being banned. Uh, it made me think of, you know, they're, they're going after all the Dr. Seuss books right now. Yeah. Which I personally, it doesn't really influence me very much, but my wife's a teacher. Right. My, wife's, my wife teaches little kids. And so she uses those books. Not mm-hmm. the ones that everyone's having issues with, obviously, right. but there are some of his other books that are actually really beneficial for young right. kids to read. Right. But they're just saying, nope, you know what? He, he wrote this one book. They're all out. I mean, <laughs> and it's just interesting how... Even a lot of YouTube content creators, I've noticed, 
a lot of podcasts even are having to go back and censor some of the things that they previously said right. so that they don't get influenced by this whole cancel culture. Right. And But like you had said, we don't really know where the line is anymore. Mm, there, we, we blurred it so much, that, mm-hmm. and it's moving. It's a moving target. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, finding that space is really hard because what's good today might not be good tomorrow. Yeah. Um, whereas Scripture would say there's an absolute truth. Mm-hmm. There are things that are always right, and there are things that are always wrong. Um, and you can know with confidence that this is right, and you can know with confidence that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that leads us into another predicament that if some people see some things as good and some things as bad, then we start thinking of God as this international scorekeeper. Right. And if we get a certain score, we get into heaven as opposed to other people who may not score as well as we did. Um, but the Bible also tells us that that, I mean, that viewpoint's flawed. Right. I think there's a, a basic lie in our culture that good people go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, ministers have been part of that lie because, you know, when we're doing a funeral, you don't want to speak ill of the dead, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you think of all the nice things you can say, and there's mm-hmm. the impression, uh, whether it's stated or not stated, that, you know, because this person did help a kitten out of a tree mm-hmm. and did help a little lady across the street, that, you know, there's a spot in heaven for them. Mm-hmm. But but what Scripture would say is that we have all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory, mm-hmm. And unless we are saved, unless we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we will die in our trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what Scripture would teach is that the road to heaven is very narrow. The way to life is, have, is narrow, and very few find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that runs against our culture. Mm-hmm. One of the big problems I see in today's society is the lack of a biblical worldview. Because... Without having, like whenever you want to lay bricks, Mm. for those of you who know how to lay bricks, I don't. I could probably figure it out. But uh, you you used to use what is known as a plumb line. Right. I don't know if they still do anymore or not. We we probably have some sort of digital lasers. lasers. Yeah. Levels. Uh, But you used to use a plumb line, which is basically a little weight on a string. And that would tell you, through the force of gravity, what is straight. Well, now society has decided, just like Adam and Eve, that they want to decide what good and evil is for itself. Right. And now without this biblical worldview, they don't know how evil they have become. Like, they're blind to it. Right. So if you take away any kind of objective standard, or Mm -hmm. we would say absolute truth, Mm -hmm. what you have left is subjective decisions. Mm -hmm. And a subjective decision really boils down to preferences. I like strawberry ice cream Mm -hmm. instead of vanilla ice cream Mm -hmm. or today I'm feeling like butter pecan Mm -hmm. you know it's a subjective experience that way so I might think I'm gaining weight or I might think I'm losing weight or I might you know and there may be a few indicators that you know how my clothes fit or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but the objective measure might be the scale at my doctor's office Mm -hmm. and that lets me know that's that's regardless of how I'm feeling about it the scale is the objective measure the plumb line that you mentioned is an objective measure. Mm-hmm. Um, a level, you know, would be an objective measure. Um, we need objective measures because left to ourselves, we make all kinds of things up. Yeah. Um, a, a thermometer is an objective measure. You know, we, we, we might feel hot or cold, but we can look at the thermometer and know, you know, whether it's 70 degrees or 60 degrees or 80 degrees. Yeah. 
Um, so we, we, if we don't have any kind of objective standard, we vacillate all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be where our society is right now. Yeah. Well, let's look at it this way then. If us as biblical worldview people... Or people striving to live according to a biblical worldview. Yeah, yeah. That, that fits a bit better. Have you ever just realized how hard it is to sell someone on a biblical worldview? Well, I, I don't know. Um, from my perspective, it's the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it actually explains human nature mm-hmm. in a way that, that is true to human nature. Mm-hmm. And so when you begin to look at what the Bible teaches about who we are and how we live, um, it, it matches reality. And it is consistent and it's comprehensive. So... I think if you're looking at worldviews with those kind of criteria, mm-hmm. then you know the biblical worldview can't be beat mm-hmm. because it really does explain um, in, in in beautiful terms why things are the way they are. Yeah, which works with people who can sit down and think rationally about it. But one of the big issues that we see now is I wouldn't nec- I wouldn't recommend coming up to someone and just telling them that they're evil. I don't think right. that's a very good, <laughs> very good pitch to start with, uh, but here we have us as Christians trying to reach out to people and basically tell them that they're wrong, and people don't accept that. Yes, since we start seeing these lines start to blur as far as who's deciding what's right and what's wrong. I mean, the, in today's society, there is no absolute truth. At least they like to think that there is no absolute truth, and yet. We are trying to tell them that we have the absolute truth and that they're wrong in their view. Hmm. And a lot of people will just say, okay, well, no, thank you. I'm just not going to subscribe to your theology. Right, right. Um, it turns them away. It yeah. turns them off. Yeah. Yeah. Paul says that we should speak the truth in love. Hmm. And that might be key here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, you know, a lot of times people... In the, when they're sharing their faith or that kind of thing, they may start with the fact that we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. But we could start with the fact that God really loves us, mm-hmm. that God um, made us in his image, that He uh, that we have worth and value, uh, intrinsic worth and value because of, our, of, of who God is. He has made us valuable. Mm-hmm. He has made us worthwhile. Um, and because of that, um, he is at work so that we don't have to face the consequences of our own choices. Mm -hmm. The scripture tells us that we need to approach them with both truth and love. Right. But a lot of people tend to take that and side just on love without truth. And especially now, that's how a lot of these, at least from my opinion, how a lot of these bigger churches are attracting people because they will just offer the love portion. I, I think that like a weird term for it is ear tickling. Hmm. Um, it'll basically they'll basically just tell them what they want to hear as opposed to giving them the truth. So how do we keep from doing that? Hmm. Because if we're called to love someone, I mean, it, as far as what biblical love is, that is a whole different ball game from what right. we typically associate with love. Right. Um, so how, how do we? How do we have that type of intensity without just kind of making them feel good and walking off without actually dealing any truth? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question and a hard question. Um, 
if you do love someone, telling them a lie is not a good way of showing that love. Mm -hmm. So if you're unwilling to tell the truth, then you have to question, is it really love that's being expressed? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a there's a powerful relationship between love and truth. Mm -hmm. So if someone is living apart from God and you don't love them enough to help them to come back to God, mm. then you know that puts a question mark on on you know is that really love mm -hmm. or, or are you just building your own little empire there? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people building empires right now, uh, but we see a a good example of this in Jesus's ministry. I mean, what, what did he tell the people? He told them what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear. And so in a lot of cases, he was kicked out of town. A lot of people left angry because yes. he told them what they needed to hear as opposed right. to what they wanted to hear. Right. So I, I guess it comes into the realization that love isn't always trying to make the person feel good. Right, right. And, and, and God, of course, is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. Mm. And, and that's a difficult concept for us, too, mm -hmm. because we, we have this idea that God's job is to make us happy mm. and to keep us happy mm -hmm. and to meet our every need along that way. And God does provide all of our needs, mm -hmm. um, but he is molding and shaping us so that we look more like his son. Um, he's using the difficult things that happen to us. God doesn't waste pain if we'll give him that pain. He can use the worst experiences of our life to help us to become more like his son, Jesus. So God's constantly at work to bring good out of the evil that we live in. Mm -hmm. I guess another big thought with, because if, if we went along with the story that all people are good, hmm. then that creates the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. Which, of course, we would know is flawed because there, there are, are no, no good, good people. people. And in fact, the only time that ever happened was with Jesus. Yes. That was the only time something bad happened to a good person. Right. <laughs> and it was on purpose, really. Uh, but that just, we keep searching for this truth uh, as society, as we talked about how society moves around left and right, it's being right. swayed, we're blurring lines, we are looking for this absolute truth. We are, we are on the search for truth. Right. And yet, whenever truth presented itself, we killed it. <laughs> yes. And that's that's kind of the big... No. And, and I think that's one of the big tells that humanity is basically evil. Hmm. Because here we have this perfect person. We have this perfect being who offered us this truth. And we decided we didn't want it. <laughs> Right. We we decided that we want like that. We decided that we knew what was right and wrong again, right. and killed him. Yeah, uh, John words that we preferred darkness mm. to light mm. because our deeds were evil. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where it just shows how much God can take the evil things that we do right. and use them for our good. Yeah, because whereas we had taken this ultimate being of truth and killed him, God turned it around and made it a way for us to leave our evil behind uh, in order for us to be saved from our evil behavior. Um, not saying that we're just magic, like flip, flip a switch and we just magically stop being evil all of a sudden, but it's just, it's the availability of salvation. 
through our evil, which is what we desperately need. Mm -hmm. Um, We desperately need someone to save us. And God saw our helpless condition and sent his son. And we don't always think of salvation as a process, but but Mm. it might be helpful to think about that that way. Um, When Christ died for us, he took the penalty that we deserved, which was death Mm -hmm. on himself. And so we are saved from the penalty of sin um, by what Jesus did for us on the cross. And um, when someone becomes a follower of Christ, when someone trust Jesus when they entrust themselves to him, mm-hmm. they are saved from the penalty of sins. And so so sometimes we think of that as past tense, or the theological term will be justification. Mm. But we're also being saved, present tense, from the power of sin. Mm. And so every day we struggle with, do I do what I want to do, or do I do what God wants me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, every day we have that choice presented to us. And um, sin enslaves us. Sin carries us where we don't want to go. But Jesus sets us free from having to do those things. We, mm-hmm. we have a choice again yeah. because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And the idea is that God's at work to conform us into the image of his son uh, with each day that passes. He's at work so that, so that we become people whose love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and um, self-control grow in ever-increasing portions as we die to self and live for God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we're being saved from the power of sin. And there are all kinds of cool illustrations of this in Scripture, whether it be a gardener who's pruning a branch so that it can become even more fruitful, or a potter who's working with clay to mold it and shape it, or um, refining fire that, that mm. melts metal and you pull off the 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 top part or a father disciplining his son so that that son can be, uh, can grow into, to, to be the kind of man that he needs to be mm-hmm. or, um, an athlete training for an event. They're just, they're just many, many, many pictures, images of sanctification, mm-hmm. which is the technical term for that process of being made holy, that process of being made more like Jesus, being freed from the power of sin. But salvation will one day be complete in that we'll be saved from the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. Right now, we live in a broken, fallen world where horrible things happen to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus tells a story of a man who builds his house on the rock and a man who builds his house on sand. But storm comes to both houses. Mm-hmm. The difference is one will stand because it's built on a solid foundation of truth. Jesus says, the person who hears my words and puts them into practice is the person who builds his house on the sand, on the, on the rock, excuse me. Mm-hmm. He who hears my words and puts them into practice is the person who builds his house on the rock. Mm-hmm. So one day we'll be saved from even the presence of sin. One day we'll be able to love each other the way God loves us now. One way we'll be able to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, so to be saved from the, the very presence of sin. So where the, the this idea from Scripture that we are all sinners and we are all in need of a Savior and we are all in need of grace really impacts us as a church is the realization that this is a hospital mm. and not a hotel, mm-hmm. that we are all struggling with temptation, that we have the opportunity to help each other. And yes, the church is filled with hypocrites. In fact, everybody is a hypocrite mm-hmm. because we're trying to encourage each other to do one thing and we're not completely living up to that standard. Mm. We are all sinners in need of a savior. Mm -hmm. And the only way that a church can function is if there's an atmosphere of grace Mm -hmm. where we love each other the way God loves us and where we're able to forgive and where we're able to help each other and spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And, 
and and work together, realizing that that we are all flawed, sinful people mm-hmm. who need a Savior. You've been listening to Deep Dive for Life. Thank you so much for tuning in to our show this week. We'll be back next week with another bit of scripture to dive into. Remember to reach out to us at deepdiveforlife at gmail.com with any questions you may have for us to cover in the show. Thanks again, and remember to keep diving, friends. Oh,